0: the after buzz studios in los angeles california presented by maria menounos and streaming live thanks to akamai technologies this is AfterBuzz tv's pay-per-view after show we'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip and now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's pay-per-view
1: after show. Where's Pro Wrestling on your radar screen as well?
2: Well, it's funny. that Since Shayna moved in, it's like our group activity now is that we sit down and watch Raw and all this stuff together. It's like, yeah, it's like our little family time. We all sit down like, okay. And, um yeah, then the, the video game came in and, yeah, and... Um, it's funny. I had some wrestling buddies. I had uh, <laughs> so now, like they, I, I gave it to. Uh, I gave them to Shayna and Jessamine. They they sleep with their their little wrestling buddies and um, yeah. She Shana totally converted our whole house into like you know a super pro wrestling house. And um, me and Shayna did have an ongoing debate on who was Arn Anderson and who was Ric Flair. But I was like, sorry, I have to be Ric Flair. Oh, I gotta be Ric Flair. And then, so eventually, we came to the conclusion that um, I could be Ric Flair and she would be Arn Anderson as long as I had to be Goku and she could be Vegeta, which I really didn't want to let Vegeta go, but it made more sense, you know, it made more sense because um, uh, I think there was this one line she was quoting who's like, you know, nobody kills Kakarot while I'm around, you know, and she's like, no one can beat you except for me, like, and that's pretty much, uh, it makes sense. So, yeah, with uh, Jessamine and Marina, they're just like, you know, Really.
1: Barry Windham and uh Blank Tully.
2: Yeah. I think I think uh Justin is Tully.
1: Welcome to UFC
3: After Buzz, the After Buzz's new T V show as we preview and wrap up every UFC pay per view, UFC Fight Night cards, and also upcoming shows of the mm-hmm. Ultimate Fighter coming up. I'm your host, Rob Abreu, alongside me, my co-host, the University of MMA, co-owner, matchmaker, extraordinaire, (laughs) Jay Tan. Hey, guys. (laughs) And then awesome producer, also a huge wrestling fan, Raven Travis Berry joining us. That would be me. Next to Jay. mm -hmm. So, guys, obviously, last night UFC 170 went down, uh, a little anticlimactic ending to the pay-per-view let me get your thoughts. Number one. Were you surprised that Ronda won? and number two, were you
1: surprised in the way she won via knockout? Um, no, I wasn't very surprised by many of the results at all. Um, I think probably none of them really were, were shockers to me. Um, but uh, you know, Rhonda by, by TKO in the first, uh, it's yeah, nice to see a change of pace. Um, we've known uh, you know no, known that she's been working on her striking you know, with uh, Glendale Fighting Club and uh, Edmund. And it just, it kind of makes sense. So one thing I was thinking uh, after watching the event, conventionally speaking, when you've got two uh, two grapplers, high-level grapplers, most of the time you see this with BJJ guys, but they kind of cancel themselves out, and a lot of times they'll end up uh, in a striking match. So in that respect, um Everyone knows Ronda's grappling is fine. There's not a lot to, uh, you know, we're talking about tweaks in terms of improvements, high-level grappling. So um, it makes sense that she's going to be building up on her striking. And, you know, Judoka versus Wrestler kind of makes sense that at least for the time that it went, that it was, you know, a striking match.
4: I thought it was great that she, uh, you know, won with the knee to the kidneys. Uh, I I sent out a tweet last night saying it it reminded me of when Sting you know, bringing the wrestling knowledge into this show. <laughs> that took how long? <laughs> because we yeah, are right. not, we are not going to be formal like everyone else. You can see that on other shows, but remind me when Sting in, incorporated the uh, scorpion death drop into his finishing uh, hmm. repertoire and everyone was like, wait a second, like he just won the match, but it wasn't with the, the scorpion death lock.
1: And it was with the impact move that you yeah. expect from a big guy as opposed to so a fast high It was flyer like now like
4: everyone's him. wondering, like, you know, Ronda may have like more than one finisher now you know <laughs> create the video game and she can have two finishers and just like wow you know so I, I, I thought
3: it was great so yeah. we we saw in the highlight Ronda said she was Ric Flair and now you're saying she's Sting
4: I was trying to think if Flair had two finishers, but I guess like the roll up under you know the small cradle or something could have been a finisher. But. If there's
1: going to be a four horsewoman ever at any point, Ronda will always be Flair. Yeah. Sadly, though, I wanted to point out I think that Jessamine, certainly Jessamine and uh, and, and Ronda probably don't know who uh, Barry Windham is, but Jessamine is definitely Barry Wyndham. Yeah, I mean Shana is Tully and um, Marina. Well, no, Marina. You can argue Tully as well. But Shayna is, Arne. I would say, that's what I wanted to say. Shayna
4: is Arn, definitely. Yeah. It was funny because we actually went to uh, interview Rhonda a, f- uh, a few weeks ago and, you know, that was my first time meeting her and, you know, it was a great pleasure. Then I go to Raw later that night and there's the <laughs> rest of the four horsewomen. I'm like, wow, I met all four of them in one day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Jessamine is definitely, uh, the Barry Wyndham of the group. Uh, is definitely Arn. It's almost scary because you can see some pictures and you almost see Arn Anderson. Like, <laughs> just in her face or so. It's just the way she kind it's of in stands the in it's the intensity. eyes. It's like yeah. the four horsemen. And and uh, Marina's definitely Tully. So I, I think it's a great gimmick. Um It's, you know, everyone who watches UFC now at one point probably watched pro wrestling. And they know pro wrestling is all about gimmicks. And there is actually a gimmick now in the UFC. You know, you had Brock Lesnar there and just being a former wwe wrestler was his gimmick let alone besides his promos post-match hmm. um you know you had anderson silva who was just dominant and undefeated you know that was that was a wrestling gimmick also george st pierre you know the canadian superstar you know just like bret hart every time they go to canada sell With out the terry funk yeah.
1: uh, kneeling asking for the the for the title match yeah
4: exactly exactly so now it's like you know with with uh, GSP and Silver gone and Lesnar gone, you're like, okay, who has a gimmick now? Like, who, who in UFC? Not that the UFC, you know, actually tries to build their stars to have gimmicks, but mm. this came along and it's it's so amazing.
1: It's it's a nice way of the women themselves finding ways to market themselves yeah. um, as opposed to the UFC having to design or, or write any kind of uh, um, you know storyline or angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, I think that it's, it's great on several different levels. One, those are all likable women that people want to like even if they don't know them. You know, It's right. a girl at the party that you want to talk to, um, but you're not sure how to approach her. Um, two, um, it's... Uh, as Rhonda is, uh, you know, is, is is absent for the next couple of months. You know, you have other women now, kind of getting the rub off of her, um, getting to uh, you know, get getting that uh, that boost, as, as it were, um, for their upcoming matches later this year.
3: Right, and the UFC needs other marketable women to push on the, the undercards. And, yeah, you know, the Soulful Horseman angle.
4: I think it, also, you know, I mean, if I was UFC, you know, <clears throat> it's all about merchandise. So, I mean, Four Horsemen t-shirts. I mean, why Well, that not? might
3: be a copyright issue, <laughs> yeah. maybe, but... I don't know. Four Horsewomen? Is it really, you know, copyright? Oh, it's, there you yeah, go. You That's filed a on a parody. Yeah,
1: or Might possibly. be able to get, get away is, with that, uh, but, uh, yeah.
3: So, I, I want to, you know, we're going to get back to the whole wrestling UFC angle. You, you know, Raven, you got the CM Punk shirt going. We're, we're definitely going to talk about that, but let's get back to the fight last night.
1: Controversial ending. Do you think the fight was stopped too early? Um... I'll say that it could have gone a little bit longer. Um, there's something very specific, uh, for every, a lot, a lot of people don't realize that it's hugely different when you watch a show on TV versus live versus being right there, you know, a foot or two from the fighters. It's a different view altogether. And, you know, Herb saw something that qualified in in his mind, qualified as it being a TKO. Um, Do you think there was something in his mind from the fight earlier where people said he let it go a little bit too long? I don't know. I, I'd like to think not, most likely, because he's such a seasoned referee. I think he's far beyond making that kind of – um or or letting that affect himself. Um, but that said, I do think that given the grittiness of McMahon, especially as as a wrestler, um, and the stature of the fight itself, you probably could have let it go a little bit longer just to see if she can escape. Um, in the post fight interview or the post fight media press conference, uh, she talked about how it, it came down to her that McMahon just had to, she should have gotten up faster. Um, and it's the referee's discretion in terms of when to stop and when is the fighter's safety at risk. Herb decided that, that was, it was at that point. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Um, we're never going to know. But I do think that um, it's it's significant too that, uh, you yeah, know, not wanting to get back to this wrestling analogies, but now you have a little bit of a storyline that, um, that that finish may have come a little bit early and that McMahon wasn't necessarily... Um, She wasn't finished. She was by the referee. Um, Maybe she was or wasn't by Ronda's striking. So... You know, there is that once when we get to the summer and later this year.
3: Right. And I, I, I hate blaming the ref. And I, I, mm-hmm. I give props to Sarah McCann. She admitted. And I always side with, hey, if you put yourself in that bad situation, there is a possibility yep. the fight's going to get stopped. And Herb deems one of the best by far, or easily the best referee, him and Big John McCarthy, in MMA. But he's had a rough couple of months. The oh. stoppage last night and then the Hennon
1: and the Burrell fight. Yeah. Faber stoppage. So... That one, I also felt the the Burrell one was a little bit early. Um, every, again, same thing. Where different perspective when you're the ref or in the seats or on TV. Uh, in the Burrell Faber fight, Faber's finger was up or his uh, thumb rather. Um, but you know, um, it's different. Herb is focusing on a bunch of different things right yeah, there at it's that. It's hard point.
4: because you're 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 in the spotlight. You're under the lights. You're you're in the moment. You're trying to do your job you know as a ref knowing that you're probably you know number one or number two in the whole mma industry and you know as viewers you know we're seeing it from about seven different camera angles and for herb which there is no camera angle it's just his two eyes you know um if if the if someone is verbally tapping you know and and you have 18 20, people in in the arena
1: the referee hears it long before anybody else does yeah for sure yeah
4: um and and you hope he hears it. You know mm-hmm. that's the thing. Is like it, it could be so loud. Yeah. You know you go to certain cities where UFC is doing their first show or it's a very hot city and you know it's so loud you 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 don't know how how it affects your hearing or so forth. So, you know it's it's just one of those things and that's the thing. You know about UFC. It's like it's live. It's it's not scripted. It's as it happens. It's a real fight. And, it's you know, I I saw on the Internet how people were coming down hard on Herb last night. But it's no different than, you know, everyone who who cries about the the referees in the NFL or the NBA or, you know, boxing when boxing was hot. You know, it it happens in every sport. So, you know.
3: Yeah, I I agree. And I I feel for Herb because that's a job I definitely don't want. Yeah. And I think it's just some unfortunate circumstances last couple of times. I'm yeah. sure he'll bounce back. And oh, yeah, it's been unfortunate. That's, oh, it's happened twice now in the main event and it's had to have been with Herb. So I just yeah. was testing you guys just because a lot of MMA fans are so critical when it comes to the referees. Right. And really it's, it's so much more difficult than a yeah. boxing match or like you said, yeah. you know, NFL, you have three or four other officials, MMA, it's just you, and there's yeah. so much You can stop and on. look at those instant replays. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't
1: have that yet in MMA. Exactly,
3: which would be a good thing to have. Mm-hmm. But then again, where do you start the fight? That's a whole other bag of questions. Mm-hmm. But let's get back to Ronda Rousey. I mean, she comes into this fight on fire. She just ran right through Sarah McCann. What's next? Is it Cyborg? Is it a rematch with possibly... Uh, Liz Carmouche. are we going to see Kat Zagano, who's coming off some serious personal issues herself? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I really see another a viable contender out there for
1: Ronda. Um, well, the, I suppose it's a good time for her to take some time off, right, and build up uh, some of these, uh, these other contenders. Um, I, I think I it'll a be a while people. before we see uh, Julianne Pena. Coming mm-hmm. off of her recent injury. And I thought, man, um, that girl
3: had a ton of potential. What an and that's pleasure.
1: something that they can, they can build up. That would have been, you know, a, a gift in terms of promoting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Ronda will be gone for probably through the summer or so. Um, I yeah. know she said she talked about maybe having the itch to come back and fight late spring or so. Um, but yeah, you've got Kat Zingano, who everyone agrees is deserving of it, um, of a title shot. Likewise, um, I'm Jessica, not Jessica. I, I'm sorry. Alexis Davis as well. Um who's got a nice little win streak going on. Um and hopefully they can sign some other uh, 35ers as well that couldn't be booked for one maybe two matches between now and late summer, but I would expect to see Ronda I, I don't think we'll see Ronda before the summertime.
3: Do you think Cyborg comes to the UFC?
1: Um Dana made a very good point about uh, in the in the post-fight uh uh post-fight uh, conference you know, she's got to get down safely to 35. She should fight a couple other, uh, she should fight a couple other times at 35, you know, and prove it. Cause quite frankly, I mean, that, that shit about her saying she's risked, you know, runs the risk of dying. When you put that out there, it's just, it, it can make everybody look bad. Um, if she goes forward and instantly makes 35, you know, um, I suppose it um, but I think, know, too, at the, at she's the same prove time, herself is my point.
3: I think that was a negotiating ploy for the most part with her and Tito Ortiz. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. you know, the UFC has its own specialists and Mike Dolce right. that could possibly come in and assist her cut in that way. And then they, mm-hmm. we could have that mega fight. But I still think, like you said, uh, the UFC is going to make her test the waters and try it out and do it one time. And in addition to that, having her on a UFC pay-per-view with mm-hmm. an impressive victory at 135 pounds yeah. is only going to build the match with Ronda Rousey at Yeah, more. I think
4: she uh, definitely needs to at least have one or two matches in the UFC. Um, it'd be kind of unfair for her to just walk mm-hmm. in and get a title shot. And then, you know, it, anything can happen. You know, what if she walks in and, and loses those first two fights? Then that mega fight is really not a mega fight anymore.
1: Well, that's the reason why they would book her. Uh, I, I think they would probably book her in a title fight as soon as she did come in. But the idea would be... Um, for her to fight at 35 and prove that it won't affect her body, you know, and in Invicta Um, or she's also got a, I believe she's got a a contract for uh, lion fights, Muay Thai promotion. Um, She fights once or twice there. As long as, as soon as she proves in Nevada or California or wherever, uh, Kansas city that she can make 35, then yeah, I mean, it probably would take only one match, quite frankly, if they can, uh, if they can come to negotiating terms pretty quickly. Um, and then you've got to wait for Ronda to come back and i I don't doubt that she would want a a serious uh you know two month camp because say what they will back and forth about each other um cyborg is somebody to be taken seriously in a cage absolutely and you know Rhonda's not gonna blow that off she's gonna take it as serious as anything else because that's who she is that's what she does
4: now being that uh you know I think we should uh, tell the audience out there that you know mm-hmm. we're gonna do more than you know just talk about. UFC and the fights itself, so taking, taking the show to the whole different aspect of how other After Buzz shows really aren't. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to be going cage-side, talking to the referees, talking to everyone, you know, we're even going to get, you know, camera operators and producers of, of events, you know, in here and calling in. So, to tie that all in, do you think the UFC should or do, do you think they will do a reality-type show once this Rousey cyborg fight
3: is made, you know. Oh, well, there's a future season of The Ultimate Fighter. Right kind or of even, itself. you know,
4: even if it's not The Ultimate Fighter, even if it's like, you know, in, in boxing on, on on HBO, they do the 24 7, which right, is right. really amazing. Yeah, yeah Barker you know,
1: Show, three episode series or something. Yeah, right. UFC
4: Primetime, they had. I think maybe That's like the right, right, right. three week episode just to...
1: I had read that they were going to put those on hold for a little while, um, at least indefinitely, but I think with the right show, what? the right match comes along, something like. Yeah. Uh, Rousey cyborg. Yeah, I could I, I can see that happen. I think
3: the Rousey cyborg is one of those you know Fader Brock
1: matchups. It's mm. kind of a
3: dream matchup. I'm not sure if we're necessarily mm. ever going to see it, and yeah. it might fall under one of those that what if or never was.
1: There is that. Yeah, I mean it's it's a match to be made. Um, how do we want, not not are we yeah. Not the right way to phrase it, but uh um, it's it's everyone's match to lose in, in terms of promoting. Um. It makes sense for it uh, to happen as long as she can – Cyborg can prove that she can get to 35 and fight safely. um, Then it just makes all the sense in the world. There's too much money on the table for everybody involved to lose for this match not to happen.
4: Now, do you put this on a quote-unquote mega card?
1: Or do you just have this it, in a. I think it it deems it, whatever card you put it on, that's the mega card. Yeah, yeah I think it's a, a standalone. Of, yeah. But
3: do you
4: try to add another mega match?
1: Sure. You, you on, could do this for a year end show um, or July 4th. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's one. The maybe, Super Bowl show that they usually have. Super, Super Bowl, Bowl show, maybe a stadium show, you know, towards uh, sometime in the fall. Um, I think. Montreal in November is becoming a tradition. I could be wrong about that, mm-hmm. off, just offhand. But it, you know, if that's the case, then yeah, you, you possibly do that there, and then somebody else uh, that you're that you're building up um, in, in another Canadian, you put them as the star, the new GSP, if you will, um, on that Montreal show. Um, if my memory is serving correct at all, who knows? <laughs>
3: well, definitely, some. I think every MMA fan, we're going to be continuing to monitor the situation, mm-hmm. and if we get an opportunity to talk to Rhonda, Dana, Cyborg, Cyborg's new management. You know, we'll definitely love to bring that news here exactly. to AfterBuzz. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about the rest of the 170 card. I- I'm going to pick out a fight, the Rory McDonald, Damian Maya fight, and I- I'll let mm-hmm. you guys pick out a couple, but I, I want your thoughts on uh, Rory McDonald to me. He just seems like he's taken a couple steps back the last couple of years. I kind of he- was expecting this was a fight I believe coming in that was pretty much set up for him on a T to just to come in and right run right through Damian Maya mm. in the first round. Damian Maya love Damian Maya but very one dimensional, mm-hmm. not, not a great athlete. So I thought it was really a good matchup for Rory McDonald and if I had to give him a grade last night it was probably a C. What Rory are, a C. what are your thoughts
1: on Rory last night? Um I thought the match was was a lot of fun. Um I gave um I gave Damien the first one and then Rory the second and third. Um, you didn't see, in, in my opinion, I, I'd somewhat agree in that I think he controlled the center. You didn't necessarily see him going in for the kill or being as aggressive as, you know, some fans, you know, would want him to see, and myself as well. That said, I thought his boxing looked fantastic. Um, he looked in control. I thought he actually looked better than I'd seen him, uh, previously. Um, and the other thing is that it's, his his character, his gimmick, his persona—really, for whatever reason—I think in the post-fight conference, uh, and and this as well—just continues to to strike my uh, my funny bone. You know, I love it. The guy was talking about the, uh, apparently he a week before the fight he cut his hand. Um, he said he stabbed his hand cutting <laughs> a an avocado, and he just said it very quietly and you know matter-of-factly like this. I'm like, this guy is the original American psycho. Due respect to Stefan Bonner, but this guy is Patrick Bateman. To yeah, a T, that's know? what I was saying. MMA <laughs> is Patrick Bateman, and uh, I you know, I, you didn't see that kind of serial killer manic thing in the cage, but he did control um, Damian with the striking, and uh, and you know, this is takedown defense as well. Forget about it. I, you know?
3: I, and I think you know, obviously, Rory is one of the top five guys in that division. Mm. Um, but, and, and maybe, you know, he, he's reached his, to me, in viewing him over the years, maybe he's reached his full potential. But the reason I gave him a C was I felt like he got dominated in that first round. And then I felt Damien gassed towards mm-hmm. the end, Absolutely. so I'm not so much sure if the second and third round was really Rory doing well more so than it was Damien fading. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's yeah. a you know there's an argument there, but sure. uh, I think
4: w- people expected you know the, not not a decision, you know at least a you know first at least a
3: second round victory for Rory, but. Um, and Raven, you bring up a good point. The decisions last night, we had a lot of decisions. The UFC changed their bonus structure. Mm. You think that was maybe an attempt to try to get the fights more exciting again or for encouraging fighters to go for the finish more?
4: I think so. I think that's what, you know, you know, Dana, you know, Dana's a hard ass, you know, and Dana wants his shows to be entertaining. Um, especially at this point now with UFC running a lot of television shows. You know, I mean, there was a period where I think we went what, five, six weeks straight of of UFC products mm. on every weekend. So between the um, the Fox specials, the, the Fox Sports one specials, the the pay-per-views and everything on the Fight Pass now, you know, th- there's a lot of of UFC product and Dana wants every show to be a mega show. You know, he wants every show to be the show of the year. And which is hard. Um so I think that's one reason why they they kind of changed their structure on, on the the payouts at the end of the show.
1: I disagree completely. I think that um, I think that either way, it uh, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I I don't know why exactly you know they uh, they changed the the structure in terms of labeling, but that's all it really is is just labeling. I think my opinion is that uh, they should have kept the KO and submission bonuses um, just because those are so traditional in in MMA. I think they're a fundamental part, and if there's a show that is not. That doesn't have a submission or doesn't have a KO. That's not preventing them from giving a bonus to somebody else. We didn't have a KO, so therefore, we're not going to give a KO over the night. But this other guy kicked ass, so he gets money. And you know, fifty thousand is is a lot of money, no doubt. But off of some of these shows, not all of them, but some of them, um, you can afford if you really feel that way. You can afford to give guys beyond that. I mean, um, beyond whatever the, the categories are that are established. I think it's. If anything, the biggest benefit for this performance bonuses thing is um is leeway in terms of labeling that it's it's more discretionary that they can uh they can give bonuses to whoever, whoever they feel deserves it, and for the most part, I think that they do a reasonable job you know um I hear sirens I think Rhonda just took someone's arm <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting a lot you
3: know I mean there were a lot of decisions, but last night. The main event and the co main event ended mm-hmm. up in finishes. Mm-hmm. And let's go ahead and talk about the co main event uh, Cormier versus Cummins. Any really takeaway in Cormier's performance? first time down to 205. Cummins comes in short notice. I, I love the story working at Starbucks the week before. <laughs> I'm glad, you know, Dana said in the post fight uh, press conference he's going to give this kid another shot. Mm-hmm. I think we were all cheering for him yeah, uh, to at least do well. I'm not going to say I was cheering him mm-hmm. for him to win, but I want to see him do well. Your thoughts on the fight any takeaways as far as Daniel Cormier possibly in the being the guy to dethrone John Jones at two o five i
4: think uh d c came in and did what he had to do uh he couldn't take it to the second round he had to come in and it had to be finished in the first round um just because of the uh, interview that was done on on Fox the week prior about you know um how Cummings made him cry in, in the wrestling camp and you know it just it just really you know it got to DC and it was one of those things where he let his anger out, but he didn't let his anger take, take over. And, you know, he was like, you know what, fine. Talk your talk. You know, I'm going to call you Patrick from now on and uh, you know, we're going to be in the octagon and I'm, I'm going to finish you. And he did what he had to do. You know, it was, it was, uh to bring the, the wrestling theory back into, into the, you know, the product it's almost like if Fandango went and talked crap about Steve Austin. You know, you know, <laughs> Fandango isn't going to win, and you know he's going to get his ass kicked, and you know that's pretty much what happened last night. So, um, I do wish that you know Cormier would have called out John Jones last night. You know, just even just to get things talking and so forth. Um, but you know, he did a good promo afterwards. I just kind of wish he, like he he would have dropped his name just to just to get the internet talking because everyone knows how much the internet loves to talk. So.
1: Well, that, uh, they'll be able to promote that, you know, soon enough. Um, Cormier, er, uh, sorry, Cormier. Jones is obviously defending against, uh, Glover Teixeira before too long. Um, and then you're talking about probably quite, quite a few months after that. Um, I would, I would think though that before too long, I, it probably maybe not one other match for DC and then you start talking about, uh, title contendership. Um, for me, the takeaway real briefly was that, uh, it, the hype and everything. I think everything that could have been done for that match, uh in terms of the last minute bait and sw- not bait and switch, but you know, last, last minute, minute replacement. Film, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, everything was was good there um, in terms of finding a guy that had some credentials and and he had a story and a backstory yeah. exactly yeah it, it, the takeaway to for everyone to discuss is that whole issue about what stays in the happens in the wrestling room stays in the wrestling room. I have mixed feelings about that. I personally think that it 's more of a gray area, and um, yeah you don 't talk about uh, you don 't give away someone 's technique or uh, or anything outside, but that said, if there is some backstory there. Then you promote it. That's what a promoter does, and that's you know that's what gets people buzzing. That said, though, um, obviously Cummins came in and made a mountain out of a molehill, and props to him because that's exactly.
3: What- I-, I was going to say the same thing. In most situations, I'm I'm against you know taking that information outside the mm-hmm. training room, but in coming situation, you know, uh, working an office job, you know, I-, I feel the guy. He was working at Starbucks the the week mm-hmm. before, and he was yeah. trying to make a name and uh, take it. A- this opportunity Didn't you know, they and just him? run with it. I think they
1: fired him. Yeah. So the story is that on the phone, uh, as he's talking to Dana uh, on the phone through his manager, that uh, the manager at the coffee shop said, "You're taking too taking too much time on the uh, on, on the phone. You're fired." Wow, and Dana said, "All right, we'll tell that guy to go f himself because <laughs> now you've got another job." <laughs> nice. So let me ask you, Jay,
3: as a matchmaker, hmm. what do you do with Daniel Cormier next? You, let's say John Jones goes ahead and defeats Glover Teixeira. Do you pair up Daniel Cormier and maybe Gustafsson, or? Do you
1: go straight for a rematch between... Gosh, that's kind of an interesting match, isn't it? Because we're going to have to wait and for it. some
3: of these matchups.
1: Yeah. Um, I believe I'm going off the cuff here. April, I think it is, for Jones and uh, Teixeira. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, DC just came off. So you're talking about, what, two months? Roughly about a month and a Yeah, two months difference here. Um, yeah, possibly uh, uh, Gustafson versus... Um, uh, versus Cormier is kind of interesting um and it gives Cormier a chance to uh, it, it's going to give him a chance to kind of test against that higher uh higher reach the you know the reach difference and again he saw that against Bigfoot Silva and and overcame um so you, you probably sticking another match there um I'm not sure exactly who off the top of my head but um You know, I think Jones is probably only going to fight twice this year, and you've already got one, so you're maybe looking at the fall for the next one.
4: Yeah, I'm thinking November, Mm -hmm. maybe December,
1: something like that. But uh, you know, Cormier, I'm guessing, is probably going to want to have you know one or two more matches before. I would guess maybe one, depending on who the uh, the competitor, the opponent is.
3: Yeah, and I think too, with the weight cut, that's probably another opportunity for him to get comfortable at
1: 205. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it's a big question of as how soon you know or how much does he bounce up. Uh, after this, how much was he going into the cage? But right. my guess is that, I mean, Daniel is, is too much of a professional, I think, to let his weight balloon up to where it's a problem. I'm guessing that he's going to, um, you know, he's going to stay in probably, you know, if he can, 230, you know, 220 to 230, so that he can comfortably get down to, uh, to 205. Um, but I thought he looked, uh, he looked healthy, you know, in the cage. I don't think that, you know, I, I think that 205, it's just a matter of getting used to it. Um, Maybe I'm stretching too much, but farther down the line, notwithstanding his age, you know, I could see him possibly uh going down to eighty five. Um I mean if he really changed his diet. It's mm. Long shot. I'm not saying That's, immediately, yeah. you know, let's go step by step, obviously. Right. You know, I'm not foolish uh But I think to too think if,
3: if he does run through this division, obviously becomes champion. He's he's never gonna drop down to eighty five. I agree. It's if he can't get past John Jones, maybe oh going over two against Jones mm-hmm. and Kane is still the heavyweight champion, Daniel might consider that.
1: Yeah. But like you said, it's probably a long shot. I mean, just that he didn't he didn't look drawn out or sucked up. He looked very healthy he at two oh five. He yeah. did. And uh, before, in
3: the essence of time, I want to talk about CM Punk being at the show last night uh, and the whole MMA thing. But any other fights you guys want to cover on the undercard or that you saw in the
1: prelims? I enjoyed watching uh, Wonderboy, Boy Stephen Thompson. <laughs> thought that was a uh, he had a fantastic performance there. Um, He's another guy to that I feel is already being built up well, but somebody seriously to to watch on the rise. I think we're gonna continue to see more from him. Um, you know, very unorthodox striker, uh seems very comfortable being in the limelight. Um and I think that as people continue to grow as fans of his, that's only going to grow as well. He's gonna be a fun guy for them to market. And uh, I think we're gonna see a lot of great things from him in the future. and a great nickname, Wonder Boy. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. I thought the uh, the female fight the Davis uh, Jessica Evil eye
4: fight was you know good. Uh, a lot of people including myself thought you know Jessica won, but it's one of those things where Dana says, don't leave it up to the judges. And you know Sarah Davis came out with the win. so
3: yeah I'm gonna go with Mike Pyle, another impressive performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this is this guy's an overachiever. Uh, you look at him and you don't say you don't see athlete. You don't see someone who's just going to run through people. He does it really with technique. His experience He's very crafty in mm-hmm. the cage. the so guy with another impressive performance and really just hovers around that top ten. I don't think he'll ever get to a title shot as he's getting a little bit older here mm. in his run. But I think it was good to see some of the old guys, uh, old school guys, get a victory. Because lately we've been mm-hmm. seeing with the Josh Barnett's. And, mm-hmm. and so forth, that uh this new age and new athletes that are coming into m m a are really you know doing damage to some of these veterans yeah uh, age
1: is going to be a factor. the younger guys more and more as uh as they come up and as m m a is an established sport. The younger they come up, the more they're already learning these farther advanced techniques than some of the older guards, shall we say. That said, I think Mike Pyle I don't think we've seen the I know we haven't seen the last of Josh Barnett. Uh I know we haven't seen the last of Mike Pyle. Um I think I'd go so far as to say that Mike Pyle's he's he's been um he's been a guy that I think he might have peaked a little bit earlier than when the sport peaked. But that said, I think we're seeing a resurgence in him. Um, and you know, even though I think he's probably in his uh, mid 30s or so, I would think so.
3: Um,
1: I I've got a feeling that we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see another rise of, of Mike Powell. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to call him a late bloomer per se, but um, I th- still think there's far more on the horizon for him.
3: And I, I hope so. I'm a big fan. So uh, let's get let's go ahead and talk uh, the issue that we've been waiting for. <laughs> we see the shirt on uh, that Ravens. Uh, uh, Sport right now. We know he's a huge wrestling fan. CM Punk makes it out again last night to UFC show. There's been all kinds of talk. Dana's even addressed it. The fans on the underground, the internet, they've been asking for. I
4: just honestly, I thought it was just odd that, you know, the internet blew up seeing that CM Punk was there is like you know
3: he's been at so many UFC events before like why is this big news it's like well it's been talked about about a month ago I think it had been discussed and then I think it was Ariel Hawani Hel- had interviewed him and asked him yeah and you know he mentioned he trains with the Gracies yeah. and
4: I mean I understand the the, the situation of where his, his career with WWE is at right now so I think that's why it was a big news that he was there but I'm like hey you know the guy had to get on the airplane, you know. No one saw him get on the airplane. Was, you know, they're acting like they haven't haven't seen him in public. and like, come on, you, they check into a hotel in Vegas. Like, it's, you can't really do that. But you know, I mean, Punk's a big fan, you know. And uh, you do
3: you know, think he'll so, ever do? Not, not even say UFC. Do you think he will ever do an MMA fight? Because Ariel asked him flat out in that interview, and he, you know,
4: I mean, it's one thing. gave things, the wrestling. It's, like, like, it's one of those things where we just talked about about the age thing because you know he's he's been a wrestler for so long. He's not young, but I I don't know. And honestly, I'll put this out there right now. I would like for him to answer that right here on AfterBuzz. You, <laughs> you know, there's a plug I mean, for you. Come on, punk. Come on. He'll probably
3: be sitting in this chair.
4: I'm taking <laughs> off. So, <laughs> so
3: yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't
4: know. I mean, would I like to see him in an MMA fight? Personally, no. But you know, I mean. Just as as a promoter. A liar. As a promoter. A no, yeah. as a, he wants that. As a promo- he wants to say, every, no. wrestling, well, no, every, wrestling fan,
1: every wrestling fan wants to see I don't th- their I, guy go beyond it. And saw, I
4: saw Del Rio. I, Come on. I mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that was cool in retrospect. Yeah, that that was it.
4: The, He wore the mask. I was like, wow, that's awesome.
1: Reference point. Um... <laughs> Doscaras Jr. and Mirko Krokop Pride Fighting Championship. YouTube it.
4: Head kick. (laughs) Actually, no YouTube anymore. Fight Pass. Oh, Fight Pass. There we go. Right. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) UFC Fight (laughs) Pass. Exactly. Exactly. No, but I mean, it'd be interesting. And as a promoter mindset, of course, you're going to get, it's going to be a huge money maker. You know, this is what, you know, this is sports entertainment. You know, I mean, UFC is sports entertainment, no different than WWE is. And it's it's all about money. You know, when they brought Brock in, Brock brought money in. So, no. I think, um, did we have that uh, clip of Punk or Ronda Rousey? Toss yeah, we do. Up.
3: We do. Let's play it.
4: Are hmm. your friends with The Rock and you like CM Punk, which one is your favorite?
2: <gasps> <gasps> <Crazy. laughs> how dare you put me on the spot? Oh, God. I mean, oh. I have to say The Rock. I do. I do. I love you so much. <laughs> I kind of i I was really bummed when I heard he was leading wrestling. I would love for him to come back and like have a big showdown with triple h that'd be cool
1: so no, but no you don't really you're not interested in seeing in inside the cage like,
2: I know it would definitely be interesting, but um I've just been following his storyline and career in wrestling for so long that I' was just like I feel like there's so much more that he could do, but I also understand him being uh frustrated and fed up. You know that's really what happened with me and judo and I, I kind of left with a very sour taste in my mouth and I definitely relate to him and where he's at in his life right now
4: I know there uh Rhonda was talking about you know being frustrated and, and fed up and and leaving a a great job as fans would see it you know at possibly the prime of your career and um you know i i've I've talked to friends recently about you know is Rhonda taking on too much right now, you know with two fights within you know three four months you know movies you know she's she's doing an entourage movie, I think she has another movie after that, you know seenna project yeah, and then you know obviously one maybe two more fights this year, most likely one, and then next year it's already planned for Fast and Furious seven to come out, so she's gotta do all the
1: promotion for that, so you know. But that promoting won't take, uh, won't take up that much yeah. time, you know. It depends.
4: I mean, based around, uh, her training cap and so forth.
1: So, you, exactly. You know. Yeah. She's going to be, she's a fighter first and foremost. Yeah. She's talked about that. And, you know, if a film comes out and she's got to do a little bit of media for it, clearly she can do it yeah. and train. She's, you know, I media mean, she works. Yeah. I'll, yeah, well, I'll drop a wrestling reference for you. She's between the media <laughs> and, and work in the shows. She's the John Cena of <laughs> MMA. <laughs> Well,
3: I, I'm going, I'm going for a Rocky reference. The fight
1: game changes
3: <laughs> extremely fast. And right now there's a uh, Juliana Pinya somewhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's, you know, doing the whole Clubber Lang video montage when Rhonda's out doing the acting. And I'm not saying that's, she shouldn't do that. That's a mm-hmm. bad thing, but. You're going to see women's MMA really evolve like the men's game did where, you know, we're still kind of seeing specialists. Rhonda showing last mm. night she's developing, mm-hmm. but there's, you know, that next generation that's coming up. And I heard Rhonda. I think Rhonda is aware of it. She said last night she may be only two or three fights left in her career, mm. yeah. I believe she said. So that's going to be one of those inter- interesting things to monitor as you get so successful in the fight game, like where does the hunger come from to go out there in a cage and still compete? Yeah.
4: And that's, you know, I, I, that's why
3: I noticed last night. I'm like, okay, she won
4: and she has all these other projects happening right now. And, you know, she, as you said, she said maybe two or three more fights in her career, you know, that could mean she could retire at the end of next year, you know, quite possibly. Yeah. But she's um, also
1: said that again, she's, she's a fighter at heart and fighters say things, um,
4: yeah, the spur of the moment.
1: It spur of the moment, and people change their minds. Humans yeah. change their minds. Yeah. She says she has two or three fights left in her. I don't believe that. Come yeah. on. Yeah. You know, no, I, I mean, it, I
4: think she has way more than that. And yeah. And that's the thing. Even last night in the press conference, she she mentioned, like, you know, someone asked her what she's going to do with her time off. And she said, you know, right now, I don't know. She's like, I'm going to live life. But, you know, in two weeks, I may she need may. to get back to the gym. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, as I said, you know, people change their minds. Um, Especially
4: with Entourage being filmed in L.A. It's not like mm-hmm. you know she has to travel or go to you know Miami or New York or to film a movie. Like yeah. she's right. she's home, so she she can go to the gym. Right?
1: Variety is the spice of life, and it's fun to to do other things. But you know, I yeah. think she's one of those people that strikes me as always coming back to to fighting.
3: And, and, and I, I kind of agree because Rhonda takes me as one of those people that sh- you very barely ever find that's wired that way like a kobe bryant or michael jordan you only see these kind of athletes you know once every 10 to 15 years Mm -hmm. in each sport i mean she comes to the ring and she looks pissed and she's like ready to fight even last night the fight Mm -hmm. was short but man it it looked I mean, if that was going to go any further it was going to be an absolute war Mm -hmm. so you know we i talked about the hunger and you see you know some guys once they get famous they win a championship they just can't match that hunger that they had back in the day when they mm-hmm. were trying to make it.
1: There's a saying about it's hard to get to training when you're sleeping in silk sheets, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's the case with her. I think that fire uh, that fire burns within her right now. sounds a bit right. way too poetic for that. But uh, <laughs> at any rate, I, I think it's there. That's a, a, a fundamental part of her. That said, as humans, as themselves, we, we go through life and our lives go in different directions. Um, but... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that she never leaves uh never leaves fighting, you know, or or com- sports in general, whether it's teaching judo uh or coaching other women yeah. or um you know, by opening up her own gym at some point farther down the line, etc., you know, or continuing to take fights that interest her. You know, Randy right. did that. He walked away from the sport. He was right. done with it and he wanted to go on a new chapter of his life. And then he came back again because the fire reignited, you know, or there were interesting matches to uh, To look into and you know people made it worth their while and I think that's also uh,
4: ties into what this show is going to become once you know we bring more shows to the After Buzz audience of what fighters do you know after their career mm-hmm. or if they take a long break in their career I know we talked about earlier about Rich Franklin mm-hmm. who owns a, a juice shop here in uh, the LA area mm-hmm. and um, I think we're going to be uh, probably going to get a, a segment shot at his uh, his location to you know, show the fans you know what someone like on the status of of a Rich Franklin does after after the UFC?
1: We're gonna get free
4: drinks from there, right? I sure hope so. Okay, Actually, all right. Uh, so. I know a few of the WWE guys went there two weeks ago during Raw, and they uh, they were tweeting pictures from it. So nice, it was pretty good. Good. Well, I'm thirsty, <laughs> exactly. even with this here, <laughs> even with the stocked fridge in the next room. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, guys, I think we're gonna wrap up here shortly. Jay Raven, any other things you guys want to cover before we go ahead and wrap this up? Um you know
4: i just uh think we should explain to the audience that uh for now this show is going to be more right after pay-per-views um and some of the the fox specials and i guess once the bj penn uh frankie edgar season <laughs> of ultimate fighter starts then we're going to be a little bit more regular and so forth you may see different faces up here you're going to see uh, Jay's face and my face most likely all the time cuz we're
1: just Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Kind of like the new Dudley Boys or something. (laughs) (laughs) I got to keep this table. Just call uh, me Bubba J. (laughs) uh,
4: I think that was a good one because our our buddy over here just pressed the uh, hand sanitizer over there. (laughs) 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 Um, But I guess someone at this table is moving to uh, Winter Park, Park, Florida. Not not WWE involved, so he claims.
3: Yeah, Saturday is my last day in SoCal. I'm leaving Paradise. What, What an idiot, right?
1: And going to Florida, no less. Exactly.
4: I was just in Winter Park about a month ago, so I, I hope you enjoy it there. Um, we'll see. I'll probably come back crying the in two weathers. <laughs> <laughs> The weather's is unique.
3: <laughs> so our next after show, or your guys' next after show, uh, UFC uh, post-fight show will be for UFC 171, Hendricks versus Lawler, March 16th. Raven said more UFC after buzz. Once the BJ Penn and Frankie Eggers season begins, let's see if getting crazier... We get that Chael Vanderlei on the oh UFC Fight Pass. Oh, my God. After Buzz, is going to be the place <laughs> to be to get all your UFC news. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be back again for UFC 171, Hendricks versus Lawler, March 16th.
4: Where can we find you guys on Twitter?
1: Oh, oh all right. T- Twitter. Jtan716. 716. J-A-Y-T-A-N-716. 716. And also, if you do me a favor, follow UofMMA.com. Or UofMMA. Pardon or your me. Your own Twitter? My own Twitter? Twitter. I didn't even know that. Yeah.
4: I have no idea. Are you following you, me? Yes, I am. Oh, we're. Fa- oh, yeah, I'm following you. Dudley Boys You're here. Raven, okay, Raven. It Go. <laughs> at Raven twelve twenty. You can find everything else social media from that point.
3: I'm at Rob underscore Breu. A B R E U.
0: From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network.